0: I was thinking about um, this gospel a bit just because I I think you can't help but read it and like think about our current times. (laughs) You know, it's just like sometimes these things pop into your head and you're like, okay. Um, (laughs) But the the great point that's so difficult for us to accept was the same thing that it was really difficult for the early apostles and the early church fathers to also accept. Many people really thought that the second coming of christ was going to be in that lifetime around you know saint paul and the apostle to the apostles they really thought that that was going to happen and then it didn't and it hasn't yet and so that allows us to realize that it's a really it might be a really long period of time and i think that many people in different ages of the church i mean of course just just pick a war or a famine or something like that where people thought surely like you know during world war one or world war two or the cold war it's like surely the end of the world must be coming soon because we would see all of these terrible and difficult things happening and yet you know it hasn't happened yet which is and you know and we know not the the day nor the hour that's the most important part and it's kind of like a pre-preparation or a reminder of the season of Advent that we're about to go into, to be watchful and sort of waiting. And everything about the Gospels is one of preparation. We've been hearing a lot about preparation and all these different things. And I was, I was just mentioning to, to John and Jim in the back, you know, it's funny, I, I go through kind of series where I'll talk a lot about my experiences climbing mountains and sometimes where i'm I'm not talking about it much at all but i think the reason i talk about it a lot in general is because of how many lessons i really learned up there on on the mountain and the funny thing about it that that i learned a lot and i just happened to be saying this just just a, a moment ago was that i was talking to the owner of a guide service who who leads trips on mont blanc in you know france and italy And one of the things that he had said to me is, you know, we're really doing well as a business, he said, because it's kind of the last frontier for people. It's one of the last places that you can go, mountains in general, not just Mont Blanc, where there's just not much of a safety net anymore where, you know, you're up on a mountain and maybe you've hiked for 10 hours and you're near the summit and you're freezing cold and it's super windy, And there's really like no quick out. It's super cold and it's super windy. And unless they call a helicopter to come get you, which also will take a little while, you usually have to walk all the way back from where you came, which is probably another 10 hours in the cold and the wind. And so there's a lot of like, you just have to deal with it. Um, You know, and there is so many times I'm, unfortunately as somebody who likes that environment or has kind of grown to like it, I get really cold my hands and my feet get really cold. And for those of you who have noticed, this is not a kind of a nose that stays really warm. You know, like it doesn't work well with masks. It doesn't work well with a lot of things. It runs as soon as it gets cold. And so um, there are just times where I've just been so cold. But it's taught me a lot about like, you have to deal with this. You have to wait and you have to keep going, and you have to keep persevering until you get warm again, you know, and it's just like one of my friends, Drew, had said to a a friend of his, they were climbing Mount Adams one time, and, and he just sat down in the snow, and he started pouting because he was so tired, and he didn't want to keep going, and they still had a long, long time to go, like truly, like another 10 hours probably to go, and he said, you can either sit here and die, or you can get up and you can keep going and stuff. And, and the guy realized in that moment that he was kind of like being a wimp, and that he really needed to get up and keep going. And uh, that really is such a huge lesson for us as Christians. And I mean, today we essentially celebrate 117 martyrs that in Vietnam— were so persecuted you know we're, we're dealing with persecutions now in our own country as christians but they were so persecuted that they couldn't even really establish christianity and some of these heroic men and women established christianity and we celebrate 117 of them who lost their lives um, to establish christianity in vietnam and in just their example of that was enough by their own blood that was enough their perseverance for it to even survive in an underground way and, and there's many countries like that where where the faith has survived just by them shedding their blood and their example of perseverance in the faith so we don't know we don't know how long the pers- the, the the persecutions and the difficulty will last so right now it's kind of like i'm freezing lord (laughs) you know you're like how long would this last and it's just like keep going keep walking sometimes that is the only way to stay warm so it's either you can lay down there and die or you could keep walking and stay just warm enough to survive and i know that's not a pretty picture but sometimes that's what it feels like but if we keep putting one foot In front of the other uh, we will we will get there we will absolutely get there because of that devotion to perseverance towards to walking towards the cross and walking towards heaven Um, and and you know many of you that are here today are, are, are quite a bit older than me and you're an example for me that you've done that in the faith and and that's the thing our saints our martyrs all of you that are older than me, hopefully we pass down this example of a life of Christian perseverance, and then we follow that. We follow that. Follow it all the way into the end, into Jesus' arms. God bless you all.